Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. Everyone likes a good snack, including Sasha Rajamani, founder of Poco Chips. Poco is a rice and chickpea chip infused with spices from South Asia. It's no surprise, Sasha is first-generation Canadian with roots in southern India. So if you want to up your snack game, you've come to the right place. Please join me in welcoming Sasha Rajamani. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for taking time to do this today. Tell me a little bit about Poco. So what it is, essentially, it's a it's a vegan plant-based snack. It's a rice and chickpea-based crisp or chip. It's infused with um, a sp- like a spice mix. So in the intro, we mentioned that it originates in southern India. In its original incarnation, is it also a vegan dish? It's not necessarily vegan over there because they use butter. It depends who makes it. Some some will use oil, some, some will add butter to it. So my version, I obviously took out the butter. How authentic would you say the flavors are for somebody who, who maybe grew up eating eating this in its, I guess, call it its original form? Yeah, I mean, so my mom made it throughout my whole childhood. I mean, the flavor didn't really like stand out or punch out. It's more of a neutral blandish flavor, I would say. However, you know, I did a soft launch in 2021 and I thought that um, I had a lot of incredible reception for my mom's uh, recipe, but people wanted more flavor. So I started iterating the recipe and then a year and a half later, Teda Poco was born. So how did you take your mom's recipes, which were cooked in a home kitchen and scale them up to work in a commercial facility? So in 2021, I started making it in a commercial kitchen, same way as I, as my mom makes it. I emailed about 20, 30 co-packers. I found one and that one said he had tasted my product from the commercial kitchen. He said, let's ensure that this is done right. So we did about eight months of R&D and they were extremely patient with me. It was almost a year long process of R&D, eight, nine iterations of it. And we finally kind of hit the spot. I wouldn't say it's the exact same, but I would say it's pretty darn close. So let me go back. I mean, obviously you like your mom's cooking, you like your mom's snacks. What made you think that there was a business in taking her recipes and bringing them out to more people, to more customers? So back into my university days, I would bring it to university. I had friends that would just essentially just crush bags of it. And then fast forward, you know, I didn't really think of it as a business idea. Um, until maybe a decade later when I was at the government and um, I started bringing it, bringing it in and people started asking what that was. They were curious. They started eating it and they asked if they could start buying Ziploc bags worth. So I said, sure. You know, my customers were my colleagues. And then eventually I said, you know, let's see if this is actually a viable product in the market. So in 2021, I did a soft launch and I said, friends and family are not going to be my main customers. How am I going to really get it, get it out there? So the soft launch confirmed that there was a there was a demand for the product. What was the next step in kind of making this a real business? Right. So I would say the next steps, A, I was doing this part-time. B, demand, it started to take up most of my time. So um, it was either I find a way to, you know, go through a manufacturer or I do it full-time. And third, there was some bites from retail, but retail wanted to start seeing it more presentable, more um, merchandise, merchandisable and all that. So, you know, having a stand-up pouch with a glued sticker you know, label wasn't going to sell, essentially, as sales were mostly through word of mouth. And lastly, at the brewery, I, couldn't, I eventually couldn't even keep up with demand. So you know, that was throughout eight months. And you know, having a 95% customer repeat rate with hundreds of customers, I mean, you get to a point where you're just like, you know, um, I think this is the moment where I need to start looking into uh, manufacturing at scale. So you mentioned a brewery. Can you maybe describe what that is? Because I don't think I'm clear on what the relationship is with the brewery that you had. 
So in terms of acquiring um, the brewery as, an, as a client, um, it really is just about selling a compelling story. You know, they're also a local brewery and they're also, you know, local to Toronto. So kind of saying, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a local chip company. B, I think we go, we would pair well with beer and C, um, ultimately, you know, kind of showing up, giving them the product and letting them taste it. Um, it sold itself, you know, they gave it a trial period and it happened to do very well. So you called yourself a chip company just there. Is that how you think about yourself as a chip company or are you a snack company? How do you describe what it is you do? I would say that we are a, yes, we are a chip company, but we are a chip that has more functional benefits than your regular potato or pita chip, com- uh, uh, pita chip company. So I wouldn't say we're a cracker, but yeah. I mean, in terms of where we stand in a retail store is in the natural health uh, chip aisle. So let's stick with the business for a second. I'm interested in this point between figuring out the commercialization, how to commercialize the product, how to get it into the hands of customers. When you're in the middle of that in 2021, what did you think were the next steps? The odds are against you. Most CPG brands will all, unfortunately not, you know, exceed past five to 10 years. I figured, you know, I have a good product. I need to get the best team and I need to get a team that knows how to execute and deliver and has a track record of proven success. What were the skill sets that you needed on that team and how did you go about filling those or finding people to fill those holes? I think I knew from the get-go it was a great product and I wanted more out of it than just selling at a farmer's market. So I tried to work as hard as I can within that first you know, year um, to try to get results and see how it was going to, how receptive it was in the market. And once you know, I found that, um, once I said this is enough, um, then that's when I started hitting the gas pedal. So the missing holes with regards to team would be, you know, people who have, I would say like a sales team, a broker team, kind of, they go hand in hand advisors who had, um, who can mentor me. Essentially I needed industry folks to just guide me and help me because I had no idea what I was doing. So I found them on LinkedIn, actually also a handful had reached out to me. Yeah. It was kind of like a 50, 50. There was some buzz going around Poco in 2021, but ultimately, um, yeah, you know, it was kind of through interviews, coffee chats, seeing who's a good fit. Not to say that I said yes to everyone. Some said no to me. But um, ultimately, I found the best team that was good for me. And we're all still together to this day. So in those early days as you're getting going and dealing with all the stress of starting a new business, what helped keep you grounded? Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly uh, lucky. I'm an incredibly lucky guy. I have a wife that works in mental health. She's a therapist at KMH. So she's been my grounding um, in terms of you know regulating emotions but you know i do also seek help sometimes when i need it um i have a very supportive family and i have some family on my board who are experienced business owners who have also invested in companies so they've also been a solid grounding so let's get back to the chips you mentioned earlier doing a lot of different iterations and experiments with the flavors how did you end up where you ended up you know in terms of the whole flavor profile um i had read that spicy was on the rise spicy a lot of folks were seeking spicy flavors i i I believe in 20 what is it 2018 or 19 cheetah like flaming hot cheetos was like kind of the number one selling chip or what like you know salty snack in north america so you know there's an appetite for spice um i also had people ask for more spice in my original poco formulation so you know coming out with two skews an original and spicy was kind of my go-to in terms of re- re- like you know, kind of reformulating the recipe in the commercial kitchen over that eight month span, I probably did nine to ten iterations, and then again with a 
manufacturer eight iterations. So I'm constantly trying to, it was just, it was constantly listening to feedback from customers. That's all I did. How important was it for you to pursue kind of an organic, all natural type of product? A lot of snacks in Southern India are all natural. Um, they don't really add additives, preservatives and what have you. So just by nature, those snacks are very all natural. Um, so it's just kind of a coincidence that it is a natural snack. And I knew that space was increasing here in North America, but there wasn't, there's was kind of a void or there's a gap where there wasn't any South Asian snacks. So in such a saturated chip market, I mean, I had to d differentiate myself and that's why I did the, I did that soft launch to see if there was an appetite for it rather than, you know, just being another chip, um, another tortilla or puff or, you know, rice cake. A lot of the feedback was, wow, I've never had a chip like this. Like this is very flavorful. You know, if you look at the ingredients, we do have spice, our spice mixes unparalleled. Like we don't have, there's no one in the market that has our flavors, that authentic taste from Southern India as well. So, you know, it is quite a differentiated product in terms of flavor. How much of that differentiation comes from the asafoetida that you, that you include in the flavor profile of the chips? And did I pronounce that properly? Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it is a staple in terms of cooking in, uh, in Asia. Um, it's a herb that originated in the mountains of uh, Iran and Afghanistan. Um, you know, there's actually article, there's actually um, mentions of it in history from Julius Caesar. It's a, it's a very ancient herb, but it's used as a flavor enhancement in terms of um, with in cooking. It's also used as a substitute for garlic and onion for, you know, some religions that, um, you know, kind of avoid garlic or it's also low on the FODMAP, which is it's easier to digest in the intestines than uh, onions and garlic as well. So, you know, it's, it's used for it's a multi-purpose spice, but it is a very pungent and very smelly smelly type of spice but when, when you start cooking it it is i mean it's a game changer and so that that spice is kind of our claim to fame it that's what differentiates our flavor and gives us that unique taste so if people want to try the chip where do they get it how do they how do they get their hands on a bag of poco so if you go to the website um poco's website there's a there's a you can go to the store locator and enter your postal code they'll provide you some locations close to where you live where poco can, where Poco is available. And we also just did a province-wide rollout of, um, of Poco with Longos, you know, the past, the last few weeks. So Longos is our biggest retail account to date. And the majority of our, uh, of our other accounts are all independents. We look to grow in, uh, look to grow a lot further in the next six months. How long does this product last and how, how does that compare to other chip snacks? It's uh, one year. From what I understand, more of like the Frito-Lay based chips will be around one year to 18 months. So what's next for Paco? What are the short and medium term plans? There's kind of three things. The first thing um, is focusing with our current retailers is how do we increase same store velocity? I mean, in one year's time, I don't want to be off shelf. I want to be able to build customer trust, um, build customers at you know these same stores um, and help and support retail in many ways, whether that's kind of doing in-store demos, um, social media. And then secondly, we are focusing on Eastern Canada. Um, as you may know, freight is very expensive. So distri to distribute product across the country would just put us in a price point, which is not attractive for customers right now. So, you know, we have a distribution center in Concord, Ontario, and that distribute that center just, um, that distributes product throughout Eastern Canada. So we have like a set price there and we know um, how to budget accordingly. And lastly, I mean, we do want to get into larger high volume traffic retail, but you know, there's always the cost of doing business. So 
I mean, you just need to know how to manage cash flow appropriately so you don't go out of business. Earlier, you mentioned doing in-store demos, but what are some of the other things that you're doing to uh, maybe advertise or promote promote your products? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have the best social media team. They are incredible individuals. They work with me to ensure that the post that we, you know, communicate to the, to the world is um, kind of aligned with our values. But yeah, you know, we're a fun, young, emerging company. And right now we're kind of just focusing more on brand awareness, but, you know, kind of just getting our name out there, what our product's about including its benefits and what have you. But eventually we'd like to go more into, um, you know, short, these like short form videos. So how do people follow you and keep up with your content right now? So our social handles are uh, at Poco Snack. I know it's not at Poco Chips, but we made it way back and I just made a Poco Snack instead of Poco Chips. So anyways, handle on Instagram is at Poco Snack and TikTok same at Poco Snack. You mentioned earlier kind of brand values. Can you maybe dig in a little bit? What are the values of the firm? What are the values of Poco? So in terms of the brand values, um, I would say it has to align with kind of the way we run and operate, which is accountability, um, compassion, and um, integrity. Um, In terms of the brand personality, you know, we listen to customer testimonials, and that's kind of what's formed the, the brand personality, which is, you know, it's highly addictive. It's very, it's a very kind of more fun, edgy type of um, persona to it. For example, like people say, I crushed the whole bag. Oh my God, I can't stop eating it. You know, so it has that kind of fun, edgy Doritos feel to it, but people feel good after eating it. And there's a lot more information available on your website, poco.ca. That's P-O-K-K-O dot C-A. Thanks so much for your time. If you like listening to the origin stories of entrepreneurs, please continue to rate, review, and share the podcast with your family and friends. For more origin stories, check out the full collection at beforethebusiness.com.